Get ready for a Thanksgiving edition of the Alaska Sports Dog Pass podcast. I can say that. I can. I swear I can say the word podcast. Can? I can get it sure? out. I can get it out. I can get it out. <laughs> <laughs> Keaton Homer, Isaiah Bremen, Brad Lowers along with you. Glad to have you along wherever you have decided to tune in. Speaking of tune in, you can find us on tune in. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, any of the social media platforms where you turn in, tune into your podcast, um, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you might be finding us. Um, like, subscribe. Uh, give us five stars if you're able to do that. We like five, five star, star ratings. If, five if star. you are the, if you're the person that gives one star, uh, I don't know what I'll do, but boo to you. Um, just be the person that gives five stars. Everybody should get five stars. Five stars. <laughs> five star rating for our podcast. Anyway, glad to have you along. Uh, going to touch on the Great Alaska Shootout, obviously, which happened last weekend. Um, and then we're going to get into a little bit of high school stuff, uh, all state musical festival. Festival happening last week. Last weekend, I can speak. I swear, I can speak, guys. We need even to though restart. I'm getting old. <laughs> I don't know if we need to restart. I think we just keep it. I think people are going to laugh at, at this at this point. But um, then talk about future things coming up in future podcasts as well. Um, should we start with the shootout, or do we want to get into anything else prior, fellas? I, well, I'd say we'd start with the shootout. I mean, I, I can mention that, yeah, All-State Music did happen. The Lancer Smith Wrestling Tournament on Palmer happened. And, uh, again, you can go to ASAA365.com for, for all those results. But those two things, those were the two big things besides the Great Alaska Shootout that were happening last week. So, yeah, I would say that you guys were at the Great Alaska Shootout. I wasn't able to make it. So, we'll just, uh, well, I would say that's a good place to start for sure. Before we go to the Great it, Alaska Shootout, Isaiah, you are at the Allstate Music Festival. Give us the one piece of music that you were like, oh my gosh, just life-changing. Well, the life-changing music that I did hear at the Allstate <laughs> Music was the Oregon State Beaver Band while I was watching the college football game of Wash UW at Oregon State, kind of propped up on the cash box while I was at the gate greeting oh. all the people that came in so that uh, that was the life-changing music that i heard oh okay all right well i, I mean maybe I, some I of those a, i was gonna say maybe some of those musicians will go to oregon state and play well you never know I, it was a good recruiting pitch uw and oregon state was a good recruiting pitch because there's a few people that stopped by and had to check out the scores of the game mostly dads mostly dads were like oh you got the what's the score you know so it was good it was good it's good. All right. Very good. Very good. All right. Uh, was, Brad, uh, you, that was a go very ahead, good, good game. And uh, it was a great shootout, though. And just amazed at the, the crowds, especially the first night. Uh, brilliant um, schedule making to put Utah versus UAA because there was a lot of UAA fans. And surprisingly, or maybe not surprisingly, a lot of uh, Alyssa Peeling fans. And what a great tournament she had, uh, winning the most outstanding player. And, Utah had a team full of outstanding players, but uh, Alyssa was certainly deserving. And if there was a tie, um, there's no question that they made the right decision in uh, choosing her. And she had a great week, just as you might expect coming home, a lot of family around. And uh, she went back to Diamond High School and they had a little uh, assembly for her there. And um, I know uh, people started sending me pictures 
of uh, of her and them. She got in a ton of pictures. And finally, I got a picture from my good friend, uh, Matthew Malelli, who's a superstar in Special Olympics. And he had a picture with Alyssa, and I finally decided that I better get a picture because everyone's got a picture. But uh, it was it was great. I know, Keaton, you got to interview her, and um, it was just uh, – a great weekend. I can't, I can't imagine it being much better other than UA would like to pick up a win, but I think even in losing uh, UA women showed they're going to be a, a team to watch this year. Well, yeah, I think just talking to Ryan McCarthy last week and what he had to say and his expectations of what his team was going into the great Alaska shootout. I think at the back of his mind, he knew the, I'm not going to say he knew the actual outcome, but, I think he knew that Utah, just given the athletes that they had and UAA did not have, uh, they were probably going to be on the short end of the short end of that one. Um, but I think Ryan was pleased, and he talked about it in the post game press conference with how his offense actually played against the University of Utah, and there were some bright spots for for UAA. Jazz Evans uh, led the way against Utah, fourteen points, a handful of rebounds, dished out. Also a handful of assists as well. Um, I think Ryan, from the standpoint of, you know, not necessarily a win-loss standpoint, and I'll be frank, I mean, a lot of people probably didn't notice, but th those count as exhibition games for UAA. Um, even if they won, they wouldn't have been in the regular season. They wouldn't, they don't count in the stats. They don't, they don't mean anything for UAA. So they're somewhat, I'm not going to say glorified practices, but they are a little bit of that nature um, and they kind of got to figure out where they stand against division one competition. And I think this weekend or this past weekend against Utah and then also against the university of Alabama, Birmingham, even though they ended up losing that one um, by 11 points, I think they found out, all right, we are in a pretty decent spot here, you know, moving forward and going into division two play and getting into conference play. So I think Ryan McCarthy was definitely happy with the way that his team played um, this past weekend in the, in the shootout. Well, shameless. Yeah, I think, excuse me. I think, um, you know, Ryan, um, coach McCarthy, he was able to kind of run his same system. He's still platoon. They used a lot of players. And while that didn't pay dividends in losing to Utah because of how well conditioned they were and, so on and so forth. I think uh, it's a style that really works in UA's conference. And um, so I thought they, they showed a lot of promise well, that way. Just exciting new players. Just looking forward well, to watching them. You, well, you said new players, and that's exactly it. Uh, there's six transfers on this year's team. I mean, brand new to UAA. Brand new. Like, we brought Brian brought them in from junior college. Uh, or other universities and had them transfer in. And I think Utah, I think, Brad, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, and even Isaiah, Utah returned all five of their starters from last year. I mean, a team that went to the Sweet 16, and they brought all five of those ladies back to this year's squad. I mean, Brad, I mentioned this during the broadcast. They have a good chance at making a Final Four run, if not a national championship run. Wouldn't you think so, Brad? Yeah, I, I was amazed that they, they play that Rick Bettino style in the sense that it's either a layup or a three. And uh, 
you know, you can, you can win a lot of games if you make all your layups. And Utah, you know, until the dwindling minutes, they, they rarely missed the layup. I mean, it's just layup after layup. And then if you tried to – Peely's the perfect presence inside because she got a lot of assists. She played uh, very unselfishly, and she found the open shooter. I, I think one game, you know, or – even both games, Utah was very close to 50% from three. So it's pick your poison. You're either going to guard them at the three-point line or guard them in the post. But uh, they are very tough to guard both ways. And You're right. The, the one girl from Duluth, Minnesota, um, she was phenomenal. And they run, and they just do all the things you, you like to see a good basketball team do. Yeah, Gianna Neepkins, that's the that's the girl from Duluth, Minnesota, and she was absolutely fantastic in both games, even though in the second game she got off to a slow start. She had five points in the first half, but then lit it up for 20 points in the second half, and you mentioned the three-point shooting. They broke the Great Alaska shootout record for most made threes um, in a game. Uh, in the final game against uh, Eastern Kentucky, I think they knocked down 17 three-point field goals or something like that. Uh, they broke the record for uh, number of assists in a tournament. They broke, I think they reset the record book three times this year in the Great Alaska Shootout record book. So an impressive performance. I don't know uh, if we'll see anything like that in the coming years from future uh, participants in the Great Alaska Shootout, but it was, think, uh, uh, it was impressive to watch. Another bright, bright spot for, for UAA was the fact that they gave up 32 points in the first quarter. And, you know, you just looked up and you go, man, that's amazing. But overall for the game, you know, they gave up 101 and they kept working and kept working. And so yeah. Eastern Kentucky gave up 110. So you think, you know, UA had a tough time, but, uh, you know, Eastern Kentucky didn't have it any easier. That's for sure. No, I agree, but. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say nope, that. You're good. You're good. I was going to say that kind of a shameless plug, but for those of you guys who are listening, who have not listened to the Ryan McCarthy interview that Keaton did, it I, it is worth a listen. Ryan doesn't get out there that much unless he's doing a post game interview or something like that. So for him to come on the show and Keaton got to be able to talk with him, it's really insightful on the UAA girls basketball team, him as a coach. It's, it's really worth the listen. So since we're talking about that, I wanted to throw that out there that it's really okay. worth the listen. I, I picked up a lot from it and I didn't really know Ryan that well before, but now I feel like I do. It was, I, I was pretty impressed when I saw the score and considering what you had said, Keaton, in the last podcast of what was the t other GNAC team that had played them? Was it Northwest Nazarene or yeah. Northwest yep. Nazarene? And the, it was almost a hundred point victory. And yet UA goes in there and battles and, it's what 50. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. that's impressive. Well, you know, one thing coach McCarthy has had so much success at UAA, you, you really shouldn't take him for granted. And as a coach, you look on um, coaching tapes that are out there and he's got some on mayhem and some of the things that are specific, you know, he's invited to do clinics. So I'm sure he's, had some opportunities to go elsewhere, but I think we're fortunate that he's chosen to, you know, continue his career right now in Anchorage. No, I agree with that 100%. That 
the fact that he wants to be here. He mentioned that during the uh, shootout banquet, actually. His desire for how long he has wanted to be a coach at the University of Alaska Anchorage, I mean, it stems all the way back to his childhood. Uh, he kind of went through a, I'm not going to say a diatribe because it wasn't that long, but kind of an evolution of his fandom of UAA basketball. And um, over the years, when he went over to Germany and was playing semi-professional basketball in Germany, uh, his ringtone was the UAA fight song. So, I mean, he's just a, he's a green and gold guy all the way through and he'll do anything to help uh, not just this program, but the university of Alaska Anchorage succeed. So you'll have to ask him at some point in time. I don't know if either two of you have heard this story of him in Germany and his first time he goes out to dinner with the basketball team prior to the game. It is one of the most funny stories I've ever heard in my life. Um, We'll have to save that for another podcast, I think, though. Yeah, and maybe, just maybe, Keaton, with your connection, maybe you can get him on, and maybe that can be one of our fireside chats, our story time. Oh, I think it, it should be. It should, The story oh. is, I was doubled over laughing. It was just, like, the culture shock from him, you know, leaving Northwest Nazarene, because that's where he played college basketball, to going to Germany and playing pro ball and then going out to dinner before a game and like the stuff that he's with. Oh my gosh. It's just like, anyway, that's another time, another time, another time. But here's a, here's uh, a short coach McCarthy story. And that's, they went to Duke to play and uh, they got into the gym right after the Duke men's basketball team. And uh, he saw within the gymnasium coach Krzyzewski's um, practice plan was kind of informal and he grabbed it and he brought it back to Anchorage and it kind of floated around, but uh, no one's exactly sure what it, where it is, but um, of, of all the coaches, I think I got the best idea because it's not far from where I'm sitting right now. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. There you go. Okay. Well, just to kind of wrap up the great Alaska shootout, my takeaways Obviously, Utah, very impressive, even though they lost to Baylor the week prior to coming up to the Great Alaska Shootout. In four of their regular season games, they've scored over 100 points now. So Utah, very potent offensively. They're averaging over 97 points per game, by the way. Uh, UAA, even though they lost two games, they finished in fourth place. They're going to be a heck of a team in Division II. They're going to be a very tough opponent in GNAC play. They did all this without their best player, Vashay Rab. So when they get Vashay Rab back in December, that's going to be huge. The girl from Eastern Kentucky, Antoinette Walker, she's a WNBA prospect, and I can see why. She's averaging 26 points per game. So uh, keep the name Antoinette Walker uh, in the back of your mind when you start looking at the WNBA draft coming up uh, in the uh, in the springtime. So it'll be interesting to kind of follow not only many of the Utah players who are WNBA prospects, but also Eastern Kentucky has a WNBA prospect of their own. So it was kind of cool to see all those uh, ladies in action and how impressive they looked. Well, just thinking about Utah, we were so impressed with them, but I think the Pac-12 is uh, it's in its last year. It has either four or five top 10 women's teams. So, it's not going to be a cakewalk as, as talented as Utah is. 
Well, since we're sticking with basketball, UAA men's and women's basketball in action. By the way, UAA men undefeated 6-0, off to a fantastic start after they picked up a couple of wins up in Fairbanks in the Alaska-Hawaii Challenge, uh, picking up wins against Chaminade and also um, Hawaii Pacific as well. So the men are off to a fantastic start. They play the same opponent this weekend, the men's and women's teams, on Friday and Saturday. So after Thanksgiving, after you get all stuff from your food, be sure you uh, go down to the Alaska Airlines Center, check out the doubleheaders on Friday and Saturday. Uh, Brad, you might be familiar with this school. I think your son, I think, did Colton go to Adams State for a little bit? Is that right? He did. And, um, you know, we were glad that he went there because, you know, that was less money out of our pocket. Um, <laughs> and he got some good opportunities his freshman year. And it's kind of interesting that uh, Lewis Wilson, who started East High School and was coached at the college of about 25 years, Lewis Wilson, acquired that job and um and he plays a very fast style which i would say is not colton's style but the other adam state connection is uh, miley wilcox from diamond high school uh, recently signed a letter of intent and she's going to go to adam state and so i don't know for some reason adam state's name keeps coming up and <laughs> be a good game for everybody to go check out this weekend well my it for a lot of people are like, well, it's Adams State, whatever. Uh, what significance does it have on UAA? Well, the big thing, I, I realize it's not a GNAC opponent, a conference opponent, but in terms of NCAA West region opponents, mm -hmm. it could have some bearing uh, moving forward once you start to get to February and March. So even though it's a non-conference game, right before both teams kind of go on a little bit of a break um, because – the UA men, after they play Adam State this weekend, they don't have a home game until January, like, 6th. They don't have a home game the entire month of December, by the way. Uh, the women play, I believe, an NAIA opponent uh, the following week, but after that, they don't have a home game either. So these two games this weekend are, are pretty big in terms of just, you know, Division Two opponent, West Region opponent, and um, it'll be kind of a good gauge to see, you know, where things are, where teams are at in terms of going into the break and then before they get into conference play, I think. Yeah, I wasn't able to make the Well, break. I haven't done a lot of scouting of Adams State, but uh, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, they're going to be in shape because they're a little bit at altitude there where a lot of distance runners go to train and um, – but like you say, Keaton, I'm, I'm impressed with UAA. And, you know, when you get off to a good start, you kind of can keep building and building. You can require more out of your players. Whereas if you get off to a tough start, you know, sometimes you lose some of that beginning of the season enthusiasm. But um, just, just impressed with what they've done so far. And as the schedule gets tougher, um, you know, hopefully they can build off this good start. So UA men's and women's basketball in action this coming weekend against Adams State. Seawolf men trying to stay undefeated. Uh, the ladies squad trying to improve upon their 2 and one record um, to start the year. So be sure you check out those games in person at the Alaska Airlines Center. Tip times for the women's game on both days, 5.15. Tip time for the men's game both days, 7.30 on Friday and Saturday. So be sure you check those games out. If you can't, here's a shameless plug. Go see wolves.com. Check out the live stream. I may know a guy who is doing the play-by-play -play, um, for those games. 
He's good. UA. He's good. Yeah. Well, good. thank you. Oh, worth well, a listen. Uh, oh, yeah. Hopefully, 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 you don't like tune out halfway through. But um, you know, UA uh, hockey. I throw in, oh, go ahead. Just just before we move on, but just a little editorial. Um, I thought if I can give a gentle criticism, um, sure. that U- UAA mishandled their scheduling in the last couple of years where they rotate games and times this Saturday's at two, but next Saturday's at four. And this time the men play at this time, the women play at this time. I think, you know, it's gotten to the point where both sides have, if there are indeed sides, they both have great followings. But I think even people that really are interested in, in attending games, it's like, you know, you got to have an abacus to figure out when people are playing. And I think <laughs> if you make those times solid, you know, people are going to get established and nobody's going to miss the game. I mean, no one's more interested in watching a basketball game than me, but it'd be eight o'clock. Sometimes I say, what? You know, I mean, I think establishing continuity is only going to help their attendance. Yeah. No, that's probably there's a lot of truth in that. And Isaiah, I know from you from a scheduling standpoint, when you schedule uh, you know, state tournaments and stuff like that, obviously you guys have set times for for certain games, not necessarily certain, you know, opponents. But I would say you as a scheduler, would you put some credence in that? Just saying, like, hey, you know, all the men's games are at seven thirty every night or all the women's games are seven thirty, whatever it might be. Is that that kind of true, you think? There's definitely truth to that. And basically, you know how when you start a new business, especially a store or restaurant or any of those kind of things, what's, you know, from my business background and all the friends that I have that have started businesses and all that stuff, location, location, location. When you're talking sporting events and just larger events and things like that, it's time, time, time. What is the time? What is the time? What is the time? And the more you can have that as a, solidified time where you know that on Thursdays and Saturdays UA plays and the men always tip at seven or seven thirty or what that is, you know, and also making your schedule a little bit more accessible. Uh, I know you can go to seawolves.com, but unless you remember to go there, you just don't, you're not seeing it in any other places really. And, you know, I think they've done a lot better this year so far. I think the free parking is going to increase attendance and, and those types of things. So they're definitely making some strides in that way, but you know, consistency in times is a, is a big deal. And that's, you know, CIC does that. And I know a lot of the other teams that we'll talk to and other three, a teams and other things like that. When they go to place the JV girls play at three boys, JV plays at four thirty. girls varsity, six boys, varsity, seven thirty. I mean, so you just know, those are things that you just know, and that always helps attendance. So, there's definitely some credence in that. Even though they have gotten better this year, the more they can stabilize that, the better. Yeah, I'd be curious to see going forward what kind of uh, you know scheduling happens. Obviously, there's so many things in the background in terms of oh yeah, you know what time you can have something, especially when you're playing at the Alaska Airlines Center. Like if there's a concert that's going on a day, you know, the same day or the day after, whatever it might be. There's a whole bunch of other logistics that you know are involved in. Just saying, hey, we're going to have a game at seven thirty. Okay, well, <laughs> no, they, well, maybe we can't do it or whatever. But yeah, it takes a lot of planning months and months and months prior to make those things work because logistically there are 
especially in that arena, you know, with state events that I've had in there and other things like that. It definitely gets, it can get tricky for sure. It certainly can. So the thing that's also tricky, UAA hockey right now, they're on the road and they have a tricky opponent coming up. They just lost to Arizona State down in Tempe, uh, lost two games in a row to the Sun Devils, and they're staying on the road. They're playing the number six team in the nation. They're playing the University of Wisconsin. So this is going to be a tough opponent coming up, so be sure you follow GoSeaWolves.com. Check out the uh, games. If UAA can pull off this upset, it's going to be one of the biggest upsets in UAA program history. Um, UAA Volleyball wrapped up their season last week. They pulled off a victory against uh, their rival, um, UAF, as the seniors stepped up. Riley Plumhoff, Isabel Evans, and also Nicole Blue finishing her career with uh, 17 kills. Isabel Evans finishing the match with the uh, the match points. So, UAA Volleyball going out on a high note. Have a lot of players returning for next year's squad and Stacey Meisner, so be sure you keep an um, eye out for UAA Volleyball. Keaton, um, I, I was able to watch that senior night game, and credit to UAF, you know, they did not go easily away. They weren't uh, – they were, you know, it was very competitive, but uh, UA impressive. and Certainly, like you said, a great send-off for those seniors. Yeah, no better way than to, you know, after you're losing two matches in a row than to win your final one going out into the regular season. So, um, so UAA volleyball ending their season with a with a victory over their rival. So that kind of takes care of collegiate sports in terms of UAA uh, high school sports. We're kind of Isaiah. You can probably speak more to this. I'm not saying we're in a dead period for high school sports, but there's just not huge state tournament events or anything of that nature going on right now no we're post volley post 3a 4a volleyball uh a lot of the mix six and 2a conference tournaments all ended last weekend so they don't play this week of thanksgiving you know there's a few hockey games that are going on right now uh tonight but there really isn't anything the rest of this week so uh, this is about as close to a quote-unquote dead period as high school sports get in this calendar year because after this even during christmas break when the schools are out there's a lot of tournaments that are going on so and teams are busy and and things like that so there's for a high school we're in a lull i know tonight's service is playing west diamond chugiak is is playing and last uh keaton when we when you looked it was 3-1 chugiak and i know Palmer and Wasilla are playing right now. This is Tuesday night, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. But that's pretty much it that's going on for high school sports. Next week, things will start to pick up with two-way mixed six volleyball state out at Palmer. But uh, I know this date. I know Brad knows this date. And pretty much every AD and basketball coach knows this date. But uh, Wednesday, November 29th, so this coming Wednesday is when the basketball practice starts. So well, next week and the weeks following, we'll have some other things that we're going to talk about. We have some conference previews coming up. We have some coaches that are going to come on and some some friends of the show that are going to basically be kind of reporting from around the state. 
like our friend up in Fairbanks, giving some reports on some of the things in Fairbanks and some of the stuff going on in Southeast and kind of all over the, all over the state. So that'll be enjoyable, but that's not right now. We're kind of, like you said, Keaton, in a little bit of that dead period, but. Isaiah, um, I can tell you that practice starts in seven hours, 42 minutes, 33 seconds. So I can't wait. In seven hours? Um, I should say seven days. In seven days. I was, say. Hours, seven days. I was like, <laughs> I don't know. are you practicing early, Brad? I don't think so, but you might, I think you're a um, week. <laughs> well, not only well, are you practicing early, but you're practicing super early. If you're seven hours early. from now, we're talking like three in the morning here. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't get caught that way. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I didn't hear that. <laughs> so because it is Thanksgiving week, it's Thanksgiving week, guys. There's this this thing that I've been wanting to do on this podcast because I've heard it once before on a show, and I found it really entertaining and really fun. I don't know if it's going to be entertaining and fun, but I, I think it will be. So we're going to try it. It's called Let's Which it. Is Better. Which is better. So I'm gonna, it's going to be the Thanksgiving edition. I'm basically going to give each of you guys have an opportunity to choose which is better and why. So I'm going to give you two options. It's the Thanksgiving edition. So I will start out with something easy. And then you guys each take a turn on which is better and why. And then we'll go move on to some harder things. But again, this is the Thanksgiving edition in honor of Thanksgiving week. Okay, okay. which is better? Corn or green bean casserole? Oh, man. This is an interesting question. If you asked me this when I was 12 years old, uh, corn. You ask me this now that I'm 35 years old, green bean casserole. So I'll take the green bean casserole. Brad. Well, I'll take the other side. I'll take the corn side. And probably the main reason is um, about 34 years ago, um, when Kim and I got married, I saw green beans for about six months straight. And uh, that is that is swung me over to the corn side. That would swing me over to the corn side too. Okay, which is better, a cranberry dish or pumpkin pie? Hands down, pumpkin pie. Um, if we're, I don't know why. I've never been a huge fan of cranberries, um, especially canned cranberries. My dad was. I only saw him eat them. I don't know. Never got into it, but pumpkin pie, load up the whipped cream. I eat it for breakfast, like the next three days after, as well. So pumpkin pie. It's a tough one, Isaiah. I think uh, I love cranberries, and uh, I heard they're good for you. But uh, I don't know how you walk away from pumpkin pie. So I feel strongly both ways. Strongly both ways. Way to go! <laughs> All right, this is going to be a little harder. Which is better, stuffing or gravy? Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, both are, I don't know. I feel like one's an essential, and it's not the one that you're probably thinking of. And to me, it's stuffing. Like, I can oddly enough, I think I could go through a Thanksgiving meal without gravy, and I do like gravy. But if I'm having a Thanksgiving meal, I would like the stuffing. So, um, 
Give me the old stovetop stuffing out of the box. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm gonna have to go with the gravy because I know there's mashed potatoes in there somewhere, and uh, I just you know I'm ne- I'm starting to like stuffing a little more, but uh, you just can't beat potatoes and gravy. No, I. To me, it's stuffing and gravy because you pour the gravy on the stuffing. Done. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, gross. No, you can't do that. Oh that's no. That's a foul. No, foul. that's not a no. That is not a foul. That's a two flagrant one. two. Flagrant no. two. <laughs> no, there's nothing foul about that. That is pure gold. Okay. Here's the, this is kind of the main one. Mashed potatoes or turkey. Like we have to choose one or the other. One or the other. Which is better, mashed potatoes or turkey? And I'll even give you the option. You can pour gravy on either one at the same time. So, which is better? Mm. Mashed potatoes and gravy or turkey and gravy? Well, mashed potatoes and gravy are a lot better than turkey and gravy. I don't like gravy on my turkey. If you cook the turkey correctly, it doesn't need gravy. Um, Mm. If you're that person that leaves the turkey in the oven and it's burnt to a crisp, then yeah, you need the gravy. But I'll um, I'll say mashed potatoes gravy. Well, I got to look at this this way. Um, first of all, the mashed potatoes at our family thing is it's just incredibly how how much we have of it. But one thing Kim does is um, she does a turkey on her own, and then there's the turkey at the family dinner, and maybe you get a little bit of that. But you know, for about a week, it's turkey sandwiches, warming up turkey. So I'll vote, I'll vote the turkey on this one. Yeah, well, it's it's mashed potatoes and gravy and with the turkey. I, I can't believe I, I heard that you don't like gravy on your turkey, Keaton. That's... No, it's gross. Like if, uh, if you cook shocking. the turkey correctly... Shocking. Like, so today, for example, I'm prepping, I'm prepping the bird already. All right? So... I got it in the brine. It's going to soak. It's going to sit in that brine for a little over 24 hours. And then, you know, the, the turkey's going to be really nice, juicy. Uh, it's going to go on the Traeger. It's going to have a nice smoke. To, oh, it's going to be good. Oh, Traeger. So it doesn't need, it doesn't need, doesn't need the juice from the gravy. Oh, but, but if you, well, one thing you know, I noticed from this conversation is Isaiah asked the questions, but when, when he did his follow-up, he virtually endorsed everything that he mentioned. So, Pretty much, uh, except for the green bean casserole, yes. He's, he's not going to leave an empty plate. That's a good I'm host. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I ain't cranberries. Yeah. I, I, don't do, I don't do the cranberries. All right. Okay. All right. Let's uh, go ahead. Go. Last one. This is the last one. And I think ever I know where everyone's going to lean on this one, but there might be some people that listen to this podcast that might appreciate this. Which is better, the Thanksgiving Day Parade or... Detroit Lion football game. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's, oh. here's one thing I'm thinking. Um, you know, for many years, it wouldn't be the Detroit Lion game, but it holds interest, especially because they're playing the Packers. But uh, as far as football game, I would root for whoever the Dallas Cowboys are playing. So Brad goes with a 
a choice that wasn't even a choice. All right. Right. Fantastic. Right. Um, I will. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, how do I want to preface this? Um, I enjoy the Detroit Lions very much. So I know many a Detroit Lion fan. Yes, um, that's but, why I thought this was so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's been since also, 1964. <laughs> yeah. I would, even though it's Detroit, and by virtue of being married to a Detroit Lions fan, I have adopted them. Um, and this year, since they're very good, yeah, I'm going to watch the, the Lions game. But I will also say, because it's Thanksgiving, because I love football, I have always watched the Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving um, prior to the Dallas Cowboy game. So that's just been a tradition. So um, football over the parade any day of the week, even if it's the Detroit Lions, even if it's the Jacksonville Jaguars, don't care. Give me the football. It's football. Football over, it's football. Football over the parade. Yeah, Football over the parade. All day, every day, and especially is, is Nev is Nevelo listening to this podcast too, Matt Nevelo? I know, I think he not, is. Well, probably, not anymore. Not anymore. Oh, okay. Probably get some. Uh, probably get some angry emails or tweets. I'm I'm glad you answered that one that way, Keaton. You'll you'll probably be able to to sleep in your bed tonight. Oh yeah, uh, I Matt, hope so. Matt Nevelo bolted <laughs> after hockey. <laughs> yeah, he did. He bolted <laughs> after hockey. Very true. <laughs> So that's we should, which is better. Thanksgiving yeah. edition. There's some other good ones I have planned with that, but not uh, Thanksgiving edition. I like it. Yeah. Make sure I think we should do that. We should do that with some of the guests. Like when we start to get a couple more guests on, I think that would be fun to have an impromptu, which is better. Yeah. Oh, I can definitely we can definitely work on that. Yeah. Yeah. We can bring right. Katie back, which is better. A bedazzled jacket. Or a non-bedazzled jacket. You'd have to know what bedazzling is. I don't even know you anymore. Bedazzled. (laughs) I'm the dad of a daughter. You got to. So are you, Keaton? You got to know. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know what bedazzled is. I mean, but it's those like sequin things, beads on on stuff. And Katie, well, the Wasilla coat is very flashy. Stuff. Well, all of her coaching staff did. So I just thought that was when well, I, I have remember explain, now. when I have to explain the joke, it doesn't really work. So that was a fail on my part. All right. Are you? Uh, well, uh, okay. Fair. Fair sure. enough. Yeah, well, that's that's which is better. So we're we're done with which is better. A um, maybe a good time to thank our sponsors and uh, the ability to bring these podcasts to you. First of all, Roger Briley and associates uh just a faithful sponsor partouche plumbing i want to give a special uh shout out because uh, the only reason we have heat in our house is because of our new furnace and i want to thank um, andy and uh, trevor and uh, josh and a host of others from partouche plumbing that uh brought the heat back and i know there's a lot going on right now and there's a lot of good companies out there but uh partouche plumbing um just uh, one of the best. And if you're having any issues, uh, that's someone you need to call. Also, Guido's Pizza, uh, great place to stop. I'm going to get over there this week for sure. Um, the bike shop, um, 
great sponsors that they are and real supporters of youth sports. Um, Alaska Sausage and Seafood, uh, getting to be your last opportunity or um, a late opportunity to get your um, packages prepared and outside. And then the Alaska Club. So thanks to all those sponsors and thanks for them helping us uh, get this Alaska sports talk off the ground. Well, it is always nice to have people backing us. So that is that is for sure. So, well, we've covered a few things here this week. Uh, talk Great Alaska shootout, UAA men's and women's basketball, UAA hockey, a little bit of volleyball, a uh, little bit of high school sports. Next week and following weeks, we will have a little bit more in-depth previews of seasons coming up once we start getting into uh, girls and boys basketball for high school in the in the coming weeks and also as soon as we start getting into more of the hockey season as well we'll have some more hockey previews and also get the chance to talk with some hockey coaches as well so that's going to do it for this edition of the alaska sports talk podcast for brad lowers for isaiah Freeman. i'm keaton homer be sure you like and subscribe wherever you listen until next time good night.